It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFSOSS dot com. At FFSOSS Twitter trip. Twitter.tv slash AJ three. Maybe we'll do that Sunday night football game, Cowboys Giants. Um, week one, Sunday night. So maybe we'll do that for a stream. Maybe we'll do a Liverpool game ahead of that, but. The streams will be back. I promise. The streams will be back for football season for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. The streams will be back. TV slash AJ3. So on this Thursday edition of the pod, we'll do some soccer transfer rumors and the kickoff into a weekend soccer preview. We already know the EPL, La Liga, and League Un kicked off with Syria and the Bundesliga join the other three leagues. So all five big leagues in Europe underway or already underway. Uh, come this weekend. So we'll do a weekend soccer preview, then some NFL headlines. The AP Top 25 poll came out this week, so we'll talk about that. Uh, a little FedEx Cup playoffs ahead of the BMW Championship. The top 50 are in the field. The top 30 go to the Tour Championship next week in Hotlanta. So that is what is the rundown for this pod. The schedule going forward um We'll do, you know, recaps Tuesday, previews Thursday until we get to for soccer, I'm saying. Uh, it gets a little different when we get the college football over-unders. We'll play those on Thursday, the 24th of August. Following Tuesday, the 29th of August is our college football season preview. And then that Thursday, the 31st of August, will be our college football week one preview. That show will also do NFL over-unders. So that's Thursday, the 31st of August. And then the following Tuesday, the 5th of September, is our NFL season preview. And then that Thursday will be our NFL week one preview, Thursday the 7th. So that is the schedule for the rest of August when we'll do some college football and some more NFL stuff. All right. So soccer transfer rumors to kick off. Weekend soccer preview, NFL headlines, college football, AP, top 25 poll, FedEx playoffs, and more on this pod. Kick it off. Tiger transfer rumors. With the Kevin De Bruyne injury at Man City. And even without it, you thought that Man City were not done in the transfer market, especially in the midfield. I know they're going to keep Walker and they're going to keep Bernardo Silva, but they're still going to lose Jao Cancelo. And they've already lost Gunawan, as we know, and Mares. So De Bruyne injury is very, very big because they've already lost a couple of big players in the middle of the park. That's for sure. So to go get Paqueta from West Ham, a guy that's a World Cup star for Brazil. He was pretty good, and he was pretty good at West Ham last season. Um, and since coming to David Moyes' squad in London. So I think that would be a good move for Man City. It definitely gives them some more depth in a position that is very, very important to them in the, in the middle of the park there. Because, yes, can Bernardo Silva play there? Yeah, of course he can, but he likes the outside, as does Grealish, as does Foden. Like, yeah, those guys could play in the middle of the park for you, but they much rather fancy the outside and the wings and, and attacking players with their speed from the perimeter. So that's why a guy like Paqueta makes sense. You get him, um, and they could also go get Dooku, who has been a good player in European competitions and World Cups as well. Um, that could be some wing cover for 
the um, departed Mares. Okay, so that's what Man City is up to. Chelsea not done in this window apparently, and they're going for a player in Elise who I think is a brilliant, brilliant player. Will be a top, top player in the prem for a long time to come. And he's just waiting for a big six move, and it could be right now to Chelsea from Crystal Palace. So they are possibly going to trigger his release clause and not even negotiate with Crystal Palace, which I, it would make sense because once you kind of hear that from a club, you know you're going to get as close to the release clause as possible. So you might as well just pay that, right? So uh, Chelsea could be in on the attacking midfielder, at least say, and they should be, to be honest, because I think... With Nkuku being out, Raheem Sterling has not come in and hit the ground running in year one, and he wasn't good against Liverpool. Um, and I, I don't expect him to give you a 25 goal. I don't think anyone can expect that in all comps or even even 15 in the prime. I really can't expect that from him. So with Nkuku being banged up, Jackson is a nice you know developing young player, but I don't know if he can lead your line yet. But with Elise, you bring him in. He can be one of those attacking players in, in that front three, if you want to call it a front three. Um, because it's it's kind of like 3-5, um, is it? 3-4, three, 3-4-3, three, 3-5-2. Three, three, and Elise and Nkuku, you know, with... Caicedo and Enzo and a Gallagher in the middle of the park, and you have the wingbacks of Reese and Chilwell coming up and attacking. That's good. Um, but Raheem Sterling being there with Nkuku or Jackson and Raheem Sterling, that's not going to get it done. Um, and we'll see what happens with some of the other players as well. But there, there's a lot of young players there at Chelsea. There's a lot of players fighting for spots, a lot of players fighting for opportunities. And if Elise comes in, he's just another player on that front line that is going to demand minutes, that's for sure. And he should demand minutes. He's been very good at Crystal Palace. So Chelsea, as we see, not done spending yet. Liverpool looking to fill that number six hole, and everybody knows it, um, with both Caicedo and Lavia saying no to Klopp. Options could include Amarbach or Corey, Gravenberch. But the first signing in this position is... Endo, the Japanese international, the captain of Stuttgart, the, the captain of the Japanese national team. Endo's coming in, um, a 30-year-old, probably overpaid, not really the guy that you're looking for. But if he comes in, plays well, learns the system, um, offers things that the system needs and, and allows um, Alex, Alexis McAllister to play a forward midfield position, not play the six. Um, one of the better attacking players in the midfield in the world. You don't really want him just hanging out in the six, but it's a good start to fill this position. Now I could now you could be saying, well, AJ, you know, Tiago and Curtis Jones and Batichic play this role, so maybe it's a good idea that Liverpool didn't go and spend um, and go get a Caicedo. Well, not necessarily. And I don't think Liverpool are done in this window by any stretch. I think they still could use a center back or a right back to help out Trent. Um, or even a, a new starting right back. And you put Trent in the six. I don't know. But just Endo to fill this hole, I don't think it's fair to him. 
Um, and I don't think it would be fair to the supporters if that's just the only move that they make in this window to f fill this role. Now, if they go get a Dracora, if they go get a Gravenberch, possibly even an Amrabat, I wouldn't be shocked because Amrabat's more been linked to Man United, and I think that's a better move for him. Not saying I wouldn't take him, obviously, but Gravenberch to me is the guy that Liverpool should go get. I said it in the beginning of the window when it was like Kone, Tehran. Like I was like, what about Gravenberch? I mean, he doesn't play at Munich. We had original thoughts about him before he went to Munich from Ajax. Like, what's the what's the problem with this guy? And I think he, for me, he can play in the six. He can play as an eight. But we bring him in, and you play him as the six, and then he can spell Sobislai. He can spell McAllister, and then you can bring in Endo to replace it. So I, I think a Gravenberch not only helps at the six, but he also helps at the eight, which helps at the ten. Which helps Gakpo not have to play an eight or a ten, and he could play left wing or he could play striker. So Liverpool's problem right now is they got a lot of players that are playing out of position. Gakpo, McAllister. Some people argue Trent is Trent should be in the six, but um, there are guys playing out of position for Jurgen Klopp. And if you get a six. If you get that holding player, if you get that central defensive midfielder, that really is a big piece of the puzzle for this year's Liverpool. And if Endo is half of the puzzle piece, if he's a third of the puzzle piece, if he's three quarters of the puzzle piece, that's good. But you got to still figure out the rest of the puzzle piece. And to me, Amrabat is a, would be a good signing, but he should have moved last January after the World Cup. Uh, Dracore is going to cost too much from Crystal Palace in that little prem fee, and everybody knows we're desperate. Gravenberch seems to be behind so many players at Bayern Munich. Goretzka, Kimmich, Lamer. It seems like he's fourth or fifth on this center mid, center defensive mid, middle of the park depth chart. He wouldn't be fifth in Liverpool. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Speaking of West Ham, more uh, West Ham and the pursuit of Harry Maguire. Doesn't seem like they're going to get the deal done with Manchester United. Luton Town are going to get Tim Krul to be their number one, the Norwich keeper. Long-time Norwich keeper. Been up and down in the Prem. Um, top flight keeper for sure. Veteran keeper. Uh, not going to make the big howler mistake. Not going to necessarily cost your team a game. Going to be consistent enough. Make a save here and there to keep you in game. So that's a good signing. Um, and Munich want Ortega from Man City after Norris has been banged up. They moved Summer on to Inter. They couldn't get Kepa. He went to Real Madrid. So some teams have a holding midfielder crisis a la Liverpool. Um, Bayern had a goalie crisis as did Real Madrid. So Real Madrid got Kepa, and now it looks like Munich won Ortega from Man City, who's played in finals, uh, won finals, and if Ederson didn't exist, yeah, he probably gets another keeper, Pep, but I think this guy has shown enough presence to go be number one somewhere else. Now, is that Munich right away? I don't think so, but we'll see. We will see. All right, weekend soccer preview, Forest and Sheffield United, and I know it's match day two, 
I know it's so early. This is a six-pointer. This is a six-pointer start. I'm telling you that right now. Um, both these teams are going to be fighting for points towards the end of the season. I think Sheffield United is going down. I think Forrest is going to stay up. But this is a match for Forrest at the city ground. Have your place rocking. Be ready to go from the first minute. Score the first goal. Keep a clean sheet for Turner and get the three points and call it a day. Um, I want to see Sheffield United settle in a little bit into this season. If they can get a draw here, I think that would be big for them. Um, so that would be a nice result. I don't see them winning and stealing the three points. So if anything, Forrest win or a draw in that one. Fulham Brown for London Derby. Um, Fulham are an interesting side. They're looking to move Mitrovic still after they brought in Raul because it seemed like Mitrovic was done playing for them. Otherwise, I don't think they would have brought in Raul, as we know. Um, Brentford, no Tony on the suspension. It didn't matter from Mbwemu or, or Wissa last week. They both on, were on the score sheet. Two interesting sides. I think Brentford is the better side, obviously. And Fulham are going to... I don't know if they're in the relegation battle until the end of the season, but they're going to be in it for a long time. Um, I think Silva's a good manager, but I think Frank might be a better manager, to be fair. He's been brilliant for them, for Brentford. <sighs> Do I let Brentford go get a result away from home? Yeah, I think I get the result. Give me a draw. Liverpool-Bournemouth. Liverpool at Anfield. First match at Anfield of the season. Both teams coming off 1-1 draws. Liverpool to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And Bournemouth rescued a point uh, at home against West Ham. So, Liverpool should be able to take care of business here. I'm interested to see the 11 that Klopp trots out there. Does he put Curtis Jones in the sixth? Is Thiago or Batichich ready for a start? Probably not. Does he trot out the same... Um, 11 as he did. Does he give Nunez a start over Jota? Does Gakpo slide up into the striker? I'd say Diaz and Salah have to start combining for the goal. Um, the only goal they score with the Salah assist, Diaz goal. So, interesting questions for Liverpool. Um, obviously, the new guy's not going to play yet. <laughs> I don't think he could just one training session be in the team, but we'll see. Um, but Liverpool, Bournemouth, at Anfield, both off draws. I think Bournemouth probably will score. Solanke has been good um, in this kind of second return to the Prem after going down to the championship. He's learned that he can still score goals and come up uh, to this top flight and do it. So I think Bournemouth do score, but Liverpool win the game. Wolves-Brighton. Um, Wolves played a really, really good game at Old Trafford, and it's a shame that they didn't walk away with at least a point. Um, and they got the, that opportunity ripped away from them, not getting that penalty. I don't know what Tim Howard said. I don't care. I don't care. Um, what's he going to say? Of course, it's for United. Brighton with the Zerbi. I mean, how many guys does it? Marsh, Gross, Matoma, Ferguson, uh, and Cecil. They're so good. The Hood comes in. Joe Pedro comes in. The new signings. Got a new goalkeeper signing. 
this Brighton team is so good. Game in and game out, week in and week out. Deserby has them ready to play. Sometimes he fine-tunes the system versus the opponent. Sometimes he trots out the same 11. And then he goes to the Molyneux and they get a result because Wolves are going to be let down still. I think it's. I understand they're coming home to the Molyneux, so the crowd will be amped up. It's a great place to play. We all know that's a great stadium. Okay, everybody knows that, right? But I just think it's really, really tough. Really, really tough to come back from that emotional letdown, not getting that pen, to then come back the next week, play a tough Brighton team at home. I, I'm this Brighton team can score. I, I expect them to get the win. Big six matchup. Of the weekend, Man U traveled to London off that 1-0 victory over Wolves to take on Tottenham, who 2-2 drew against Brentford. Tottenham are going to be exciting. I don't know how many wins they're going to get. I just know they're going to score a bunch of goals and give up a bunch of goals because that's Pascagalou's kind of M.O. Pascagalou's M.O., sorry. He's the guy that likes attacking football. Um... He wants to score goals. He understands he's going to concede some, but he wants to outscore you. So it's going to be a very interesting system and style. You know, we saw Leeds come up a couple of years ago with Bielsa, and they had to change. You know, they had to adapt. They couldn't just keep playing five, four games, right? So Tottenham are going to be interesting. We know that. And... Without Kane, I wonder where their goals are going to come from. They're going to come from Humming Zone. They're going to come from Richarlison. He's got to have a big, bigger season. James Madison. Um, and they got two goals from defenders last week. Romero off a set piece, and the ball fell to Emerson on the volley there, and he hit it. So we worry about Tottenham goals. They just got two from defenders in a 2-2 draw. Now in you... Martinez gets yanked after 45 minutes for Lindelof. Um, but for the most part, that was a starting 11 for United. I'm not getting into the Greenwood stuff until something's official. Uh, I'm not going to put it out there because if, if United allow him to play and bring him back, that's just absolutely disgusting. Let's just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that for right now. Uh, but this man you side, they're nearly full strength. Yes, they don't have their big striker, um, but Rashford could play there in the moment, and Garnacho and Sancho can be where Rashford is, and Ante is still their starter, so um, it was basically the starting midfield, it was starting defense, that's for sure, Onana with a clean sheet, even though he probably should have been uh, at least forced to save a penalty to keep that clean sheet, but as we know, it wasn't awarded, so United down to Tottenham, um, I think United is a better team. And I think they win like 3-2. I think there's going to be goals in that one. I do. And I, I understand United might set up a little bit differently possibly to, to limit that. But Tottenham at home, they're just going to go. They're just going to go for it. So give me 3-2 United there. Man City, Newcastle, probably the game of the weekend. At the Etsy had. Newcastle have been really, really good. 
This is a big spot for them early in the season. Away at the Etihad to make a statement. Because, yes, we know they'll be in Champions League and they'll have to deal with European football soon. But this could be an early salvo that says, hey, we know we're all in these competitions, but we can go toe-to-toe. We can beat you. If we see you again in one of those competitions, we can beat you. Just remember that. Now, we're going to see different teams whenever these guys face off against each other again, right? But right now, match day two, Man City not having De Bruyne, obviously. But they'll still have Holland. They'll still have Silva, Foden, Grealish, Palmer, Alvarez. Okay. Um, Rodri, Kovacic. They got great players. We know that. You know, the Lewis kid playing left back is sensational. All right. Um, The youngster there. And Newcastle are really good, too. They got two great strikers and Isaac and Callum Wilson. They're pushing each other. Harvey Barnes comes into the team to push the wingers uh, like Almiron, right? Uh, Joe Ellington can play anywhere in the midfield, basically. Tenali's come in and been brilliant for his first match. So that's a great, great match. And that's a very, very exciting one. And one that I think um, a lot of eyeballs are going to be on. That's for sure. Man City, Newcastle at the Etihad. I'm going to say, because Newcastle can score, but we know that Eddie Howe likes to, he can play defensive when he wants to and, and nip it out and go for 1-0 or 0-0. But I'm going to go 2-1 City, I think. Villa and Everton. Villa got to bounce back. They were embarrassed by Newcastle. They had the game level at 1-1, but then... Um, Isak, Brace, and then Wilson and Barnes both came in and got goals as substitutes, and it got away from them very, very quickly. Now, Everton Everton are going to be in a tough spot this season. Where are they getting their goals from? Can Calvert-Lewin stay healthy? Um, Jacore is like a number eight at the most. He's playing in the 10. I, I just don't really get a lot of that, to be honest. And Villa Park's going to be ready for this one. They want to right the wrongs that were last weekend. And I think even though he's got big injuries to Mings and Buendia, um, it's unfortunate for Emery. But that's why they go sign Pau Torres. He comes in and plays with Kansa instead of replacing Kansa to go next to Tyrone Mings. He replaces Mings. Um, Buendia's been good. They just they, it's unfortunate that he's hurt, but they have bodies. They have guys that can play. So I'm gonna give Villa the win there. West Ham Chelsea, another London derby here. Three London derbies this week. Interesting match. Chelsea certainly the better of the team against Liverpool in that second half. That you know last 25 minutes, it was really them dictating the pace. I'm not gonna say that for the whole game. That's for sure. I don't think Caicedo comes in and plays, you know, starts and plays the whole 90. Maybe he, we get an appearance from him, possibly, but Enzo bossed the midfield. With West Ham not having Rice, I think this is an Enzo Fernandez show in the middle of the park. He's going to dictate it. Um, I'm ve- I, this is an interesting match. This is an interesting match. 
if Chelsea are going to go and turn around last season, they go win this match going away. And if West Ham want to have a better Prem season, they at least defend home turf, get a result. Um, but I'm going to go Chelsea 2-1. Crystal Palace Arsenal, Selhurst Park, the third London derby of the weekend. With the Elise news, I think it's tough for Crystal Palace. They lost Zaha. They have a lot of young guys, you know, Elise, Edouard, Eze. They have a lot of good young players, that's for sure. Mateta. And a lot of good young attacking players, for sure. Arsenal are really, really good, though. And I know Timber out for a while. That hurts. We already know Gabby Jesus is, is going to be out for an extended period of time. But whether that's Trossard or Havertz or Enketia, Arteta has options at that number nine. He played Partey at right back just to kind of get everybody into the team last weekend um, and have that Rice, Havertz, Odegaard midfield. Jorginho can come in as well. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how Arteta is going to line up going forward. Um, because he's probably going to have to play a left back, a left back, unless he wants to play Tamiyasu there, you know? Um, but Timber is going to be out. Does that mean Gabriel comes back in at center back? Ben White goes to right back and Partey goes to the midfield. Havertz plays the number nine instead of Akintia. I don't know. Akintia scored. I don't think you could take him out, right? Here and to go in. So we know Timber's coming out. Um, is it Tommy Yasu there? Is it Tierney there? Is it Zinchenko when he's healthy? Probably Zinchenko, but who knows when these guys are going to be fit for the Arsenal. So I think Arsenal is a better team. I think Arsenal are capable of getting the result, and I think they do. And Luton and Burnley got postponed. Luton's ground isn't ready yet. Um, unfortunate that they couldn't say, hey, you know, can we flip around a couple days to make sure everybody's playing still? And then we'll reschedule this one for the midweek later in the year. I, I don't know how we can't get that done a little easier, but here we are. So only nine games in the prem this weekend. Luton and Burnley postponed. So La Liga. Almeria takes on the Real Madrid. Real Madrid are going to go for La Liga this year. They're, they'll be into um, Champions League for sure, but they don't like that they that Barca won it last year. They thought they were a better team than Barca. And Barca winning the league in the Xavi era kind of like brought them back already. So Real Madrid are going to go for La Liga this year. So Barca and Cadiz is already a big match because Barca had a goalless draw uh, last weekend. And Atletico traveled to Real Betis. Serie A opening weekend. Uh, Rizzoni hosts the champions Napoli. Inter hosts Monza. Atlanta go to Sassuolo. Uh, San Martina are in Roma. Uh, Udinese hosts Juventus. Lazio go to Lecce. And AC Milan go to Bologna. Bundesliga. Bremen take on the champions Bayern. Leverkusen against Red Bull Leipzig. And a new era for Red Bull Leipzig. No Nkunku. And no uh, Guardiola as well. And Dortmund and Klopp. No Bellingham for Dortmund. Ligue 1 to Luis and PSG. All right. NFL headlines. Colts team. Andy Richardson, the starter, I think this is obvious. Everybody's kind of leaning this way. And he's a guy that his measurables jump off um, the paper at you. But if you watch college football, 
you saw that this guy, I don't know what to say here. Is he a quarterback? No, he's just an athlete playing quarterback position. And I think he's going to get exposed at this level, but we'll see. I, I don't I don't root for him, people to get exposed. That's not what I'm saying. But I watched a lot of Florida because I was like, this guy's good. This Florida team is going to be good. They're always talented. If they have a quarterback, it's different. And he made some plays where you're like, what are you doing? That's what a, that's what an eighth grader does. You know, that's what a tenth grader on JV does. Senior, you know, two year senior starter quarterbacks don't do that mistake in high school, and you're at D one Florida and you're making mistakes like that. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you spend a draft pick that high on a guy, you you want him to play right away. That's just kind of how it works, unless you're in a different position in a different franchise where you have the guy. But Richardson is the guy for the Colts. Gasecki dislocated his shoulder for the Pats, so one of their new signings. Um, maybe could be right for week one, but probably not. They'll probably keep him out. Russell Gage, the Bucks wide receiver, is going to uh, suffer a season-ending knee injury, which is unfortunate. And Marlon Humphrey, the Ravens corner, is going to have surgery on his foot, so he'll be out for a few weeks. Possibly could be back for the opener if they're rushing back. All right, college football, AP top 25 polling reaction here. Georgia, the number one team in the land, 60 out of 63 first place votes. Michigan and Ohio State, 2-3. Michigan had two first place votes. Ohio State had one. Bama at four. It's the lowest ranking in the opening poll in the last decade for Nick Saban's Alabama's, Alabama Crimson Tide because they're usually one if not one, two, and maybe three, but they're usually one. So then being four is a big deal. LSU is five. It's their best preseason ranking since 2016. USC is six, best preseason ranking since 2017. Penn State, seven. Florida State at eight. Back in the preseason poll, first time since 2018. Top 10, first time since 2017. Clemson at nine. Washington, 10. Texas, 11. 12 is Tennessee. 13, Notre Dame. 14, Utah. Oregon, back-to-back to back 12 there for only a few uh, one more season, right? Kansas State 16, TCU at 17, the runner-up last year. Oregon State at 18, Wisconsin 19, Oklahoma 20, 21 UNC, 22 Ole Miss, 23 A&M, 24 the Tulane Green Wave, and 25 the Iowa Hawkeyes. So we have six SEC teams, three in the top five, five Big Ten teams, three in the top seven, five Pac-12 teams, two in the top ten with USC and Washington four Big 12, three ACC, and the American and the Independent each have one, being Tulane and Notre Dame. Uh, interesting stat here. Last year, half of the AP Top 25 teams to finish in the top 10 all started the year unranked. So TCU at two, then six was Tennessee, seven Penn State, eight Washington, nine Tulane, all started the year unranked and finished in the top 10. So just because you're not in the top 25 right now, doesn't mean you can't have a great season. That's for sure. All right. Uh, over to golf. FedEx Cup playoffs is a BMW championship this week. Top 50 in the field. Top 30 advance to the tour championship. Here is the field. One through 30 reads as this. Rom, Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Lucas Glover all the way up to fourth. Cantley, Homa, Hovland, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Tommy Fleetwood, Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau, Moore, Henley, Taylor, Kim, Kim, Xander Shoffley, Shank, Jason Day, Colin Morikawa, Grillo, Straka, Connors, Hatton, Jordan Spieth, 
Sung JM, Kirk, and Burns. So that's one through 30. So if it ended right now, the same way, those are the guys going to the tour championship. Now the guys need to make a move here, 31 to 50. Figala, Justin Rose, Kitayama, McCarthy, Seamus Power, Hodges, Hadwin, On, Svensson, Fitzpatrick, Putnam, Cole, JT Poston, Brendan Todd, Cam Davis, Cam Young, Matsuyama, Hoagie, Harris English, and Patrick Rogers. So those are the names that need to make a move to get to Eastlake. And if you're 1 through 30, you're just looking to hold on here and get to the final tournament of the season. And if you're in the top 10, you're trying to get that uh, advantage for strokes, that's for sure. So BMW this weekend, a gigantic tournament, as we know. Um, Started to hear some more college football stuff, that's for sure, and some more NFL stuff, and uh, hopefully not a ton of injuries, but that's the news in the preseason, really, unfortunately. So a pretty big weekend of soccer, three London derbies, a good um, top six matchup in Tottenham Man U. We got La Liga and League Un rolling on, Serie A and Bundesliga match day ones. So it's a good weekend. Good weekend in sports, that's for sure. And obviously, we have the ladies' final. So, England against Spain. So, that will be very, very exciting. So, I'm rooting for the Lionesses, I think. I think I'll root for the Lionesses. So, um, that is the pod for this Thursday. Again, we'll read the schedule quickly here. Uh, college football overrunners will play that the 24th of August. The season preview for college football is the Tuesday, the 29th show. And then, Thursday, the 31st of August, we'll play college football, or sorry, NFL over-unders, and we'll do the college football week one preview. Following Tuesday, September 5th, is our NFL season preview, and the NFL week one preview will be September 7th, ahead of the first weekend of the National Football League. So that is the schedule going forward. Everybody enjoy their weekend. Pop the golf on, pop some footy on. Enjoy some of the last uh, weekends of summer before... uh, the fall rolls around. All right? Enjoy the weather. Have a good weekend. I will talk to you next week. Until then, peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.